This segment of Off the Hosel is powered by SaskGolfer.com. everybody welcome back to episode number 13 of off the hosel uh, my name is drew Croser and i'm your host and today i'm joined by my brother troy Croser. how you doing today doing good drew how you doing pal uh not too bad it's monday morning uh great um you know the last few interviews have been really good uh, and i think we've talked enough off the record uh, i think that we're uh, going in the right direction and i think people are really enjoying uh, what we're doing so i think um yeah i'm, I'm happy right now and got some uh, good news in the golf world uh yourself I am doing well. Had a good weekend. Uh, lounged around in my new gear from Player Golf, which I'm uh, very happy about. Thanks, Chase, and the guys there in Saskatoon for providing some sexy gear for the golf course. I know I'm going to look good. Uh, as far as the score, again, we're going to work on that. So, again, thanks, Player PlayerGolf.com. Yeah, thanks, Chase. I'm wearing my new lid today. It's uh, the gray one today. I wore the black one yesterday, so... Definitely getting uh, all the hats out, and I'll get the shirts out sooner or later here. Uh, thanks again. Um, man, I don't know. I I wanted to talk about um, the golf courses open up in Saskatchewan. I mean, it's Monday morning. Um, before we get to our interview, I wanted to ask you on some of your thoughts. Uh, you saw the rules and the guidelines. I'll read some off in a bit here, but uh, what are your thoughts? Well, it's awesome. I mean, golf courses are opening, I believe it's May 14th, 15th, correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, 15th. Uh, you know, there's certain rules that they put in place, which will make me a lot better with my score. I mean, not going to get penalized for putting one in the bunker when you get to pull it out. Uh, no more than two putts on any green. They got the cup elevated, so if you hit the cup, that counts. So, you know, when I'm 120 yards out and I take my pitching wedge and I skull one, she rockets <laughs> across the fairway the green and bangs the cup and rolls off 10 yards uh, that counts as it didn't so i i'm excited um you know a couple things that are going to be different for everybody is the uh pardon me electric golf carts gas powered golf carts you know only one per cart or two if you reside in the same household well not a lot of people yeah do so uh you know there's no no golf club rentals, you know, for anybody that wants to go and try the game. There's no pole cart rental. Uh, you know, bathrooms are closed. And it's pissing the bush. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. We, we, a lot of the male listeners can do that. Yeah. True. Um, the other one that I think is going to be a big change is the tee time difference. I See, think, what is it normally, six minutes or seven minutes? Eight. And that's why I'm going to come in here now. I, I, I just... <laughs> You know, I, I saw a post actually from our, our good friend of the show, uh, Scotty Allen over at Sask Golfer, yesterday posted it, and, and, and it just went bananas. Like, people were, this is a joke, this is this, blah, blah, blah. Everyone has an opinion. But 20 minutes doesn't make sense because even if I tee off and I walk down the fairway with my three my, uh, my, my threesome, get to the green, by that time, that's like a 15, 14-minute window right there. So I don't, like, like basically... 
people are going to be limited to golfing now. Like there's going to be less golfers because you know what I mean? 20 minutes is a long time to wait. Well, it is. And I think that's going to be a big change. So, I mean, your, your average, your average three hour, 45 minute, four hour round is probably pushing five hours now. Um, but you know what? We're golfing, right? So well, let's, let's take the good with the bad. They could just say, screw it. We're not golfing at all this year. So I mean, it, 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 it's a positive, it's a positive step. Yeah, and definitely there is positive for sure. I mean, so even from like, for me uh, as a guy that plays competitive golf, and and I'm a big practicer, and as well as you know, and everyone else knows, the driving range is closed, the putting green is closed, chipping greens are closed. I'm a huge practicer, you know. Even Dad always says, right? I want to hit the range before I play around, you know. Like, I love hitting the range, and and I love working on my game out there, but that's closed. So that's going to be a big, you know, I don't know, maybe a concern for most but i mean definitely for me it's like it's it's not frustrating it's just it's it's the way the world is right now i guess you'd say well i guess you could talk to your your good buddy dean brown there at brownie's golf shop and maybe he could set you up with a net for the backyard (laughs) yeah practicing there right well and that's the one positive thing about you know mom and dad's has the putting gear back there i can go hit some putts before i play but i mean but you know what i mean it's too bad that you know, that's just the way it is. But, I mean, like you said, you nail it on the head, though. We're golfing. And, you know, uh, a guy I talked to off the record, you know, he, he made a, he made one of those easy left things. And, it, and actually, golf courses are now contacting him to, to, to make it enough to sell to him because people don't want race cups. They want those easy left things so you can put the ball in the hole and lift it with your putter and, and then move on. I mean, I like the idea. I'm not a fan of race cups, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm biased. But, I mean, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on the race cups? Well, like I said, when I scold one from 120 yards and I hit it, I'm a happy camper. So, uh, Holy shit! I went eagle, 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 eagle. What a what yeah, a first absolutely. six. Yeah, I might actually crack 72. <laughs> might might. Yeah, I mean, you kind of nailed a lot of the of the notes there. I mean, drink snacks, carts may not operate. Locker rooms are closed. Players can change footwear in the parking lot. Um, limit, like you said, uh, walking is encouraged. Uh, driver no rakes, no, yeah, no it's... wall washers. Um, there, there, there's a list. I mean, it's out there. You, you go check it out. I mean, again, at least we can golf. And I hear a lot of people complaining on social media about, oh, well, golf's not essential. You know what? It's it's not essential. But yeah. you're not putting 6,000 people in an arena to watch a junior hockey team or not putting 28,000 people into a CFL stadium. It's it's no different than going for a walk outside, right? Well, that, that's like just said, the, that's like the whole I thing. Like I said to you so. last time, Drew, I, I know, I think it was off the air, I mentioned to you half the time with the guys I'm golfing with, there's one guy far left, one <laughs> guy far right, one guy down the center, you know. Uh, yeah, we're golfing, so let, let's be happy about that. Well, that, that's just like, I mean, I was, I was kind of wondering, I mean, that's like the whole, like, I don't understand the 20 minute thing. I mean, I, I get it. There, there's a rule in place and, and these guidelines, but maybe if enough people, I don't know, maybe a petition or, or, the, or, you know, just they, they, I don't know how you do it. Cause I mean, 20 minutes is a long time for tea time. Like that's like, Hey Troy, let's go play a round of golf. We did two more buddies. We'll play, we'll tee off at one o'clock every day. And we just take the whole course away from everyone because that's just, that's a 45 minute window between each tea time essentially. Right. And I mean, one of the other big things, too, that I don't know if a lot of our listeners know is as far as booking your tee times, everything's got to be done online and you have to pay online. There's no paying in the clubhouse. So 
if you don't got a credit card, you better get one if you want to do some golfing. You know? um, I, I, I think another positive thing we'll do is the fact that we got Nippon coming up here, what, May 30th, 31st, correct? Yeah, yeah. That sounds like it's a goal. I mean, if, if they're starting this, that's still, what are we, April 27th today? So, yeah, we got a, we got a month. I mean, I, I think Nippon's got to be happy about that. Here's a question for you, though. This is revolving Nippon in every golf tournament this year. We are in every golf tournament or every round you're playing a day. We are one big rainstorm away from a shit show. What happens then? Well, I'll elaborate a little bit. You know, there's a rain delay. Uh, there's thunder in the clouds, and they blow the horn. Where does everyone go? You got to be six feet away or a hundred feet. Away. You know, like there's going to be a. Let's just say there's a hundred golfers in the field in that tournament that week. And there's thunder in the air, and the horn goes off. You all go back to the clubhouse. Where do you go? You walk to your car? I was just going to say, you better have your car keys on you. But you know what? Again, <laughs> this is that's another month away. So, But I, are... I'm sitting now, like even like even in three weeks now, where I'm at the Royal, and, and everyone's playing, and the horn buzzes off. I mean, I, I, you have to go home, I guess. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. What if you're 900 through 9? You don't want to leave. Yeah. But those yeah. are just far-fetched questions, I guess. But, I mean, that that is a big concern for a tournament, though, no? Well, absolutely it is. But, I mean, let's wait and see, right? It's the old wait and see. That's what we've been doing. Uh, we can't predict the future, especially when it comes to golfing, right? Very true. Okay, well, we're going to move on here because, I mean, I'm getting heated up now and, my, and Troy's trying to... You know, uh, calm me down, so I appreciate that. Um, so they announced uh, Tiger and Phil uh, 2.0. A skins match is potentially up in the air. Uh, we tried to find it. I don't know if you found online where it is. Uh, that should be interesting. And as well, Rory McIlroy and DJ, Dustin Johnson, uh, versus Ricky Fowler and Matt Wolf. Skins game is also going to happen. It was funny. Before you start um, chiving here, the amount of comments about who the hell's Matt Wolf? It's like, you don't know who that guy is. He's the grossest swing ever, but he's disgusting. Grossest, you know, like he that, that little shimmy he does, and and then hits it. Like he's gross. But sorry, uh, your take on uh, on those matches, and what do you think? Well, I'm gonna be honest. I've been working hard on social media trying to get Matt Wolf on our show. Uh, really? So I should cut I that out. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> I haven't got a response yet. But uh, no, as far as the the matches, I think it's going to be entertaining. I'm just actually researching it right now as we're talking about it. I mean, it was not only Mickelson and Wood, it was Tom Brady, Peyton Manning are set to play a golf match for COVID-19 relief. Who wins that? that? Posted. Who do you think wins that? that? Was, uh, <laughs> Tiger. Yeah? Tiger. Yeah. Okay, you no, know, you said Tiger. So is it Tiger and Phil? Tiger, what? Phil... Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Are those the teams? Well, it's a match play, the four of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I wonder how good Brady is, though. Must be a stick. I mean, he doesn't have much time to practice, though. He's too busy winning uh, championships in the NFL, so. Well, yeah, now when he's setting sail for Tampa Bay. But, hey, we're not an NFL podcast, so. Yeah, well, drunk too, though, eh? Anyways, go on, sorry. <laughs> oh, I... Uh... It's entertaining, sport fans in general. I, I tell you, they, they start these tournaments up like you had mentioned there. Was it mid-June? Is that what you said? Yeah, correct. Mid-June they're starting no fans? Yeah. Golf 
golf in general is going to get a hell of a lot more fans because there's nothing else on TV sports wise. I'll tell you right now, the guys that are diehard baseball fans, um, you know, your NBA, NHL playoffs are generally on right now. No sports. I mean, I don't know how many times I can sit and watch classic WrestleManias. Or, or, or Off the top rope. From, yeah, or, or classic NHL games from 1993. But I never I watched those golf, as a kid. That's why well, I love them. Yeah, you, you weren't alive. But, <laughs> I mean, golf golf's going to get a huge boost. Huge, huge, huge boost. Well, that was, I think it's great for the game. Well, that was uh, kind of good, good point. You mentioned that to me. We, uh, we talked to Adam Stanley, you know, me, you and I off the record as well. And uh, obviously I interviewed him, but um, he mentioned, I asked about, I said, is golf in a threat? I, I don't know. I mean, are they in, uh, I, I, I don't know, um, a scare? He said, the PGA, no. LPGA, no. And and the Corn Ferry, close. Corn Ferry, McKenzie Tour, and, you know, What's that? Uh, Outlaw Tour, right? They're all close because it's there's not a lot of revenue going toward those turns. You know what I mean? It's it's tough. But he said the PJ should be fine because it's you know you can watch via online or or uh, on you know cable or whatever it is. But yeah, I think you're right though. Especially even you know it's as bad as we sound as we want to promote gambling. But I'll tell you right now, I'm definitely dead on Bet three six five and gambling on golf for sure. Yeah, no kidding. No you, kidding. you have to. I mean, you don't have to, but I mean, it, it, it's just. What other sports are happening? The CFL is on hold, you know. The NFL plans to start on time, but also the NHL tries to plan too, or just start when they want to start. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, golf is definitely gonna have a big spike, like you said, I think, and I'm looking forward to it. I just wanted to touch base here with that tournament: Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, Phil Mickelson, and Peyton Manning. So what it says and what I'm reading. It has not been yet confirmed, but it's rumored that the event will take place either May 14th or May 24th, and the likely destination will be at the Medalist Golf Club in Hobie Sound, Florida. Nice. The match will air live on TNT, and they are calling it the Match Champions for Charity, with all proceeds going to COVID-19 relief. Nice. That's awesome. Good for those guys. That's perfect, man. That's awesome. Um. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. Do you have any more notes you want to touch on before we kind of go into our intro here for our guest today? Uh, no. Again, I just want to thank all our listeners. Again, I've had another great week of positive feedback. Um, I hope everybody that asked for their off the hosel decals got them because I know in the near future we are going to be having yes. a contest. Yes. We want, to, we want to see those decals, and uh, it will be posted on. Twitter at underscore off the hosel, Facebook off hosel page, also with our new Instagram page off the hosel. So stay tuned, get your decals rocking because uh, we got another giveaway. Yeah, you know what? Out, so. Screw it. We're not going to tell what the gift is, but right now it's Monday morning. I'm sure everyone got their shit now. Uh, if you haven't got it, we'll wait. But let's put or out. If you still, or if you still want one, yeah, message me or Drew at uh, well, one of our three social media platform. Well, Troy's at uh, Coaster Troy. I'm at Coaster Drew on Twitter. And then yep. on Facebook, it's pretty simple. Uh, simple. Just flip those names around. Drew Coaster and Troy Coaster. So uh, don't be... Yeah, we'll get those out. Yeah, don't be afraid. But I think, you know what? We won't tell them what it is. We're going to do a, a giveaway. You know, we're going to say... Long story short, let's just say we'll, we'll fluff it here. Okay, uh, uh, if you've got your Off the Hosel logo, um, send us where you are and where it is. 
Well, you'll be entered into a draw, and we'll decide what the no, prize. No, but we want. We, I want a picture. I want. A yeah, picture. yeah, yeah, yeah. Picture of it where it is, or where you. So where you are, uh, where the picture is, and we want to see a picture of it with you, or you know, on your laptop or your car or whatever it is, and you'll be entered into a draw, and we'll decide what the prize is. Is, it, is that fair, Troy? I think it's fair. Okay. And uh, you won't be winning coupons for toilet paper. Put it that way. So. Yeah, because they're all sold out. So. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, yeah, check out all our social media platforms. Follow, like, share, tweet, comment. And, uh, again, thank you very much. And, Drew, I, I think I'm going to let you have the floor here. Alrighty, so on to today's guest. Um, <laughs> he is one of my favorite guys to get paired up with in a match. He's I'm not sure which is bigger, Troy, his arms or his drives. Uh, he's <laughs> He's pretty fit. Uh, you know, they won the RBC Open in Nippon in 2012, the Wasterstool Lobstick Match Play 2013, 2017, 2019, the Wasp Lobstick in Open in 2019, Saskatchewan Amateur slash Mid Amateur in 2019, Scotia Wealth Amateur Saskatoon City Am in 2019, Sask Order Merit 2017, 2019. How about the year of 2019 for this guy? Are you kidding me? I am joined. We are joined today by a good buddy of mine, uh, Danny Cluhart from Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Um... Troy, you heard it off the record. I, I know you had good things to say about it. Um, I had a lot of fun doing it, Danny. He's a beauty. Great stories in there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you want to send it over now, or do you want to keep going on here? All I'm going to say is that's a hell of a resume. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't even read the rest of it. Oh, also, sorry, Danny was also a caddy on the LPGA uh, in the Canadian Open in Regina. So this guy's been everywhere. Um, Danny's he's just stick. Yeah, it was funny, actually, Troy, before we headed over to the interview. Last year, Nippon, I shoot 70. He shoots 70. And Patty Marcia, a good buddy of mine, uh, he's on the John Bru- Bruins. Um, we all shoot 70. I go. I haven't seen my buddies in a long time. I go down to Nippon Hotel. I did buckled. I shoot 81 the next day. And uh, Patty goes on to win. Congratulations to Patty. Danny comes second. But, I mean, <laughs> I learned a lot from those two guys that day. Um, Danny's a heck of a player. Um, great dude. And, yeah, like I said, he's um, yeah, just a beauty and can't say enough good things about him. Well, let's head over there and uh, enjoy the interview. Okay, guys, hope you guys enjoy. Westside Pizza, the name you need to know. We offer you more than just great pizza. We have fantastic food combos and delicious selections. We offer online services, which include paying online and curbside delivery to ensure your safety and the safety of our staff during this time. So check us out online at www.westsidepizza.ca or give us a call at 306-949-1090 for all your takeout and delivery needs. Westside Pizza, always here to help your hunger. Alrighty, I'm joined now by one of my favorite players to get paired up with. He's an absolute stick, and I'm not sure which is bigger, his arms or his drives. Danny Kluger, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining the podcast, Danny. Thank you. So, how, uh, how are you doing during the, these tough times right now with uh, COVID? Uh, keeping busy. I've uh, just been working at home for the last, I don't know, three weeks now. Um, I don't know, our office has had to lay off a few people, unfortunately, but uh, I'm just trying to stay as busy as I can, I guess. <laughs> well, I saw your home gym there. I mean, is that uh, is that all you got going on right now? I just worked out, so before I came on here. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, that is all I have going on. Uh, just a few hand-me-downs from actually my manager at work, Mark. He donated some weights to me from his barn, actually. So keep me in shape a little bit over the 
over the quarantine time anyway. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to get into, uh, obviously, your hell of a golfer and, and everyone in this province and nationally knows. Uh, but I wanted to backtrack here. Uh, you started getting into golf when you were young. Uh, you go with your dad. Um, would you say he was a big influence on on you and your golf game? And and you didn't, uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just kind of started riding around on the golf cart with my dad when I was about three or four. Kind of just hop off the cart and hit some putts, hit some chips around the green. I don't know, kind of how I started. And then as I got a little older, I guess like seven, eight, nine, I started taking lessons from Darcy Myers and Danny Jutras at Cook and then yeah from there I guess well I got a membership when I was nine years old Travis Jenkins Preston Rindall and I played pretty much every day in the summer together it's great um, and then didn't really get into the competitive stuff until I was more 12 13 but well yeah you're just saving to win yeah. everything else after that eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually didn't win that much as a junior, but I guess I was playing against guys like Jesse Gibson and Jordan Arndt, Gary Christensen, and honestly, they were just a lot better than I was when I was a junior. It's kind of just like that top 10 guy, top 5 guy for a long time. Well, I want to ask you, I mean, uh, what uh, other sports are you good at? I mean, uh, do you play any other sports when you're younger? I mean, I mean, you're from PA, so I mean, I assume you played hockey, no? Yeah, I played hockey. I was pretty average at every other sport I played. So, um, played some volleyball, some basketball. Um, definitely not much of a runner or a track and field guy. <laughs> Never have. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was I was just pretty average at all those sports. So, I guess uh, being being a little bit better than average at golf, I guess that's why I went with that one and put most of my time and energy into this sport well I wanted to ask you I mean you mentioned a few guys that used to play against and and obviously like Jerry and and Gibson and and what did you ever play against uh Bulmer and like how, how good was he yeah I played against Troy as well I guess that's the name I should have mentioned um Troy was a couple years older than me though so he was I guess I didn't play with him as much as these other guys but um yeah like him and Jesse were so good from such an early age like they hit it so far, it was just disgusting, actually. <laughs> I remember being out in BC for a FutureLinks tournament, and this is when Jesse was on on the national team. And we were watching Jesse the last day, me, Jordan Arndt, and he was hitting drives like 320 yards, and he was like 16. <laughs> it was just gross. Just like We had just them. played yeah. earlier. Yeah, we'd played earlier on in the day, and we were like, man, that was 70 yards by where I hit it. Like, it was just disgusting, actually. It was like, and then you come back here, and he's hitting it 70 yards by you in a tournament, hitting flip wedges into every green, and we're hitting like five, six, seven irons into these greens. Like, obviously, he's going to beat the hell out of us. <laughs> yeah. And Troy was the same thing, man. He hit it so far, right from like, 12 years old like the first time I played with them they just hit it so far so I want to ask you I mean uh, obviously like when you were a junior and then I mean now you've you've decided to not decided to I mean you kind of figure out how to win it and we'll talk about that uh, in a bit but I wanted to ask I mean like um, junior golf and, and some of the guys I mean uh, e even when you played um, I, I don't know how I don't know how I want to word this like 
when did you figure out kind of starting how, uh, how to win? Um, I, I guess I really didn't learn how to win until like, I don't know, like later on, like after my junior career. Cause I, like I said, I honestly, I think I was just intimidated looking back at how, like just how much better Jesse and even Jordan aren't was such a good player back in when we were juniors. Um, and Troy, like those guys are just so much better than me, but I always had the passion for golf, I guess. Um, as I got a little bit older and like into my twenties, I started hitting it a lot further and just way stronger mentally. So I guess that's when I kind of started learning to win anyways. I won a few times in 2012, 2013 in the amateur circuit, I guess we'll call it. And then, yeah, I guess we can get into the rest of that after, but I feel like I really didn't learn how to win until like the last few years, I guess is what I'm getting at. Well, I was gonna say I, I was I was definitely nervous when and intimidated when I was, I was younger watching you play and then and then like getting to play with you and then I was like, man, this guy hammers the ball and I have to like keep up with him and like he makes everything. I was just like, this is so frustrating. But like, so I mean, I I guess what I, I see where you're coming from like your your peers back when you were playing too. But um, yeah, I mean like you're an absolute stick I think and everyone knows that and, it's, and it showed last year and and obviously uh, just how good you're playing. So. Uh, where do you, where do you see your uh, your confidence level right now? I mean, obviously with last year and and the previous previous years, and then moving forward to uh, this year, hopefully we get to play. Yeah, hopefully we do get out there. But um, it's obviously pretty high. I mean, after last year and even even from right from twenty seventeen, I feel like the last three years have been my golf game has taken a huge step forward, and I kind of have mentally as well. Um, just in a good spot in my personal life and I just really enjoy playing golf every time I go out there. It's just, I just love being there. It's so much better than work, man. Um, <laughs> so I guess I just appreciate it so much more now. Um, and then just kind of addressed a few things that I knew if I wanted to start winning and winning often around here that I needed to get better at. Um, just, I, really focused on working the ball both ways off the tee so just being able to hit that cut with that driver has helped me so much and what's I a cut <laughs> <laughs> i know i didn't hit a cut with a driver until like three years ago and i was just like how am i ever going to control this thing and I just, <laughs> the last like three years i've just put so much time into just really getting comfortable with that and I kind of honestly prefer to hit a cut with the driver now. It's just so much more controlled. And, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't have won at the City Club last year if I couldn't hit a cut. You can't play that golf course if you can't cut it off the tee. Yeah, thanks for reminding me that there, uh, Danny. Uh, moving on here. So <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted to ask, I, I mean, was, was there ever a time you thought maybe like uh, like college? I mean, I wasn't sure if, I mean, I mean, obviously I, I, know, I, knew you, I know you pretty well, but I wasn't sure, did you ever have a chance to play down, uh, down south or? Uh, uh, yeah yeah go on sorry oh sorry didn't mean to cut you off there um yeah i did like i said i was i wasn't definitely wasn't the top or even like the top three four five in the province when when i was a junior like i was pretty good i was pretty good around cook but i wasn't i definitely wasn't like that top five like those guys were good and they were miles better than i was in my opinion um but i did have some offers to go to school i was um a couple in the states um, UBC, talked to U- University of Victoria, 
um, that was kind of where I was leaning if I was going to do it. But my mom was pretty sick at that time, and I kind of just made the decision that that wasn't the best step for me in my life. Yeah. Sorry and, to hear that. Yeah, no, that's all good. And then I still had those offers like a year or two years after, but by that time I had already taken quite a few classes from the U of S and I was kind of comfortable there. My friends were going there and it was, I don't know, it was pretty just tough to leave there. Actually, I'm just going to take off and go start over. Yeah. I felt like I had too much invested, which looking back, I really didn't have that much invested, but I don't know, you're young and you take those and learn from that. Um, I definitely regret not going if that's where the question was leading um, yeah no I I wish I would have went um, from everything I've heard from all the younger guys now um, good friends with Corey Seelander I work with them now um, just sounds like those guys had a blast yeah for and sure you can, you can tell what it's doing for Cade and Roman's golf game being down there. Ty Campbell, Mark Sweeney, like those guys are getting so much better. Um, I would have loved to have got way better at a younger age. So that's kind of what I feel like I missed out on. So I also wanted to ask too, I mean, I was, uh, you have a new role now with Golf Saskatchewan. I just wanted to ask, I mean, um, what made you get uh, into that role and how, how's it going so far? Sorry, I'm just fumbling my words today. It's brutal. No, no worries, man. Um, yeah, so I guess, yeah, it'll be a year sometime this month that I've been on the board of directors for Golf Saskatchewan. Um, what got me into it, I guess it was just, I always felt like there should be a player representative on that board, just kind of being able to relay the message between the board and the players. Yeah, play that middleman. Yeah, like that's not the only aspect that Golf Saskatchewan deals with, but it it is a big one with the with the competitions and um, yeah, like that association's done a lot for me over the years, whether it be tournament development camps, scholarships. So I just figured it was kind of time for me to give my time back to them, and yeah, I've really enjoyed it. So I'm gonna run for another term here on Saturday, and hopefully I get reelected again. Alrighty, so we should uh, post it out there. Vote for Danny. There it is. We'll, uh, <laughs> there you go. Free plug for you. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Uh, so, Kate, we're getting into this stuff now. So, I want to. I need to open up here, Danny. I mean, we need to talk about some of your uh, your nationals experience, men's mids. Uh, what are those like? I mean, give us the rundown and uh, any good stories from those days. And uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think I've played in five Canadian amps now, and I have never I have never made a cut, unfortunately. Um, I just kind of try and sit back and reflect on that. And I think it's a little bit, well, it's obviously a lot of preparation and my mental state when I'm playing that kind of stuff. Um, the golf courses are set up a lot more difficult than what we play around here, but I feel like most of it is just mental going there. Um, last year at the Canadian mid, I made a cut, so that was that was nice. I improved my confidence a bit. I finished yeah. T17. So I just had one bad day. Otherwise I could have been in the top 10, which was kind of my goal. Um, yeah. Um, last year got the shit beat out of us at the links at Brunello. Oh <laughs> man, that place is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Bring a lot of golf balls. If you ever play there, that's for sure. Um, yeah, it's, hard. yeah it's so hard, man. 
as far as good stories, I don't really have anything that pops into mind from those. I mean, the people that you meet there, they're awesome. Um, last year at the Canadian mid, um, it was, it's a lot different than the Canadian am. And I mean, the guys that play the mid now and that are a bit older, they told me that it's a lot more relaxed. I mean, those guys have full-time jobs and they're, I don't know, they're just out there. Obviously they're still competitive, but at the end of the day, they're going to sit down and have a beer. And if they played bad, it's not going to be the end of the world where some of those younger kids at the Canadian am, I mean, they're, they're out there with their coaches and their parents and like they're, Pit, yeah, it's serious. Should, yeah, it's, yeah, like it's really serious. Like I, I'm not gonna name drop this guy because he might, he might murder me. Actually, he's kind of a bit crazy. But uh, I played, I played with this French guy. <laughs> I played with this French guy in Toronto a few years ago, and he broke two golf clubs. And his dad followed us around the course for 18 holes. Oh and I, I swear to God, man, they got in like five fights in 18 holes. It was the most uncomfortable round of golf I've ever had in my life. And like, I think at the end of the day, he totaled it up. It was like 74. It was like, fucking kidding me. Just a quick two over, hey? And just rattled. Yeah, and I shot like, I was like 82. I was just hanging out. Well, it was all that guy's fault. Rattling. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that's just how serious, like, it is for those people and how much pressure they put on themselves. Whereas me playing that stuff now, yeah, it'd be great to play well, but at the end of the day I can go home and go back to my job and still enjoy every round of golf and have a pint after the round. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> so um, I actually wanted to ask him like, cause I mean, for like even myself, again, this is the good trend here of uh, guys that I've had on that have, uh, have been to nationals and I haven't. So I just will just keep that trend going. Um, but, like, uh, what is that like? I mean, like, like just getting there and, and the grind and, yeah, just elaborate on that for us. Like you're saying at the Canadian app? Yeah, I mean, just even, like, you know, getting through the provincial SAS jam, like uh, winning that or, or, or making a cut and then making the team or, or whatever that is. I mean, just how much pressure or, or even how hard is it to, to get to the Canadian AM or, or, or mid? Yeah, and it's, it's definitely difficult. I mean even just here in Saskatchewan, like we have such a com good competitive group of guys and I mean, finishing in that top 10 and just qualifying to go to nationals is definitely an honor in itself. Um, I mean, as far as the pressure goes, I think, I think we put too much pressure on our, ourselves for sure as players. Um, I don't know. It's just at the end of the day, it's just another golf tournament. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's it's the Canadian Am, but it's I don't know. It's just a golf tournament, really. I guess it's kind of what I've came to realize as I've got older. Um, and yeah, I was I was really impressed at the Canadian Am the last two. Well, no, I didn't I didn't go last year, but 2017 and 2019, just with the younger guys coming up, like Cade Roman, uh, Mark, Ty, like all those guys are just. They're so laid back, and I think that's why they're so good. And just have, like, don't put that pressure on you because it's not going to help for sure, especially at those big events. So I think they're definitely in the right mind space to play those tournaments. So I wanted to ask you, I mean, you've you got to play with some great players o o over the years. Um, 
just elaborate on some of those guys you you got to play with. I mean, just even some of the legends or uh, some guys even even that might have an influence on your game too to this day. Like from Saskatchewan or just yeah, wherever. I mean, pros, AMs, uh, Saskatchewan. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, definitely like in Saskatchewan, playing with playing with guys that I idolized growing up, like Dave Stewart, Tyler Frank, Scott Thompson, Tim Acaster. Those are all guys that I really looked up to when I was a junior player and kind of wanted to get my game to the level level that they were at. Um. And then the older guys that kind of took me under their wing, like Ron Stewart, Marty Ring, Colin Colvin, and then Selfie as I started playing, playing a bit more around the province. Um, like they're all just, they're just good. And they, I mean, just pick their brains. They all have a lot of good golf wisdom and kind of been always something I like to do is just pick people's brains and I don't know, just if they can teach me a thing or two and I can put it all together, I'm going to be a way better player at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, I, I got to really give Colin Coben a shout out for my, and Felsi, um, just about my attitude on the, on the golf course. They both kind of took me aside. I guess that would have been like four or five years ago and just told me, like, basically my attitudes hold me back. And Really? That was something I kind of really took to heart, so I guess they were right. Just two beauties, too, hey? Just great guys. Oh, such good guys, man. Such good players, too. It's just, yeah, anyone that doesn't know them, they sit down, have a beer with those two guys, and talk about golf for an hour or two, and you'll be a better player at the end of the day for sure. I definitely learned that, too. Yeah, they're two good dudes, and, yeah, you can't play with those guys, so. No, they're. Their beauties for sure. <laughs> so I want to ask. Uh, I mean, you were caddy on the LPGA, actually. Uh, how was that? I mean, different. Uh, uh, any stories on the different side of the game? Yeah, um, yeah. So I caddied for Anna Young at the 2018 LPGA Canadian Open. I actually turned down opportunities to go to the Canadian Mid that year. Or was that last? Yeah, that was last, last year. Right? Yeah, well, but yeah, I have your cat yeah, in the, the LPGA though. So <laughs> two years ago, yeah, yeah. So I turned down my first year of eligibility for the Canadian Mid to caddy in that. She actually asked me halfway through the Saskam that year. Really? <laughs> after the second round, and I was like a few back, or like I was in contention for a spot, and like a few back of the last team spot. And then she told me that, and I was just like man like really <laughs> but i it was really a no-brainer i mean she wanted me there and we've been such good friends for such a long time growing up we played a lot together we traveled lots together and we kind of always joke that if we ever qualified for the lpga or the pga that we would caddy for each other so i mean i had to hold up on that end of the deal um as far as the experience goes man it was it was awesome just being inside the ropes with with some of the best LPGA players. Um, yeah, it was crazy, man. Getting well, and then just eating with them, like sitting around talking, like seeing the preparation that goes in before the tournament started. Um, it was really cool to see that for sure. I mean, you don't really know know that until you see it and until you talk to a couple of professional golfers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, and they're all on the same mindset. Like, they're all, like, 
take care of their body, take care of their nutrition, practice, like so much short game too, like before the tournament started, like it was crazy. Well, now you're the first uh, caddy on now. I have to get my cousin on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? Abraham Astor, hey? Yeah. Yeah. Caddy's on yeah, for Abe there. So it's a. Uh... That's pretty cool. He's a good player. Oh, he's a stick. Unbelievable short game. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I wanted to bring up one more thing here. I mean, we kind of touched on it earlier, but um, just with, like, with your resume, and I've had the pleasure of golfing with you quite a few times now. I know how good you are. Um, but when do you, I don't know, like really start to you know, get over that hump and, and figure out what it takes and, and, and that mental aspect and, and the grind to win kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I guess, well, the last few years, I guess before I won a few times last year, so like 2017, 2018, I had a lot of like close buddies that don't really golf. And I also had a couple buddies that do golf and they're like, man, you're so good. But like, you're always like finishing fourth, fifth, third, sixth, like, why That's don't me, you, like, it's like 10th, 20th, 30th, <laughs> I know, but it's like, why can't you win, like, and I was like, man, that's a good question, I guess, so I guess I, I don't know, I just sat back, and I was like, why can't I win, like, obviously a lot, like Colin and Brad told me, a lot of it was mental, maybe you want it too bad, maybe you're getting in your own way, I don't know, so I kind of, kind of stepped back, and said like yeah why am i why can't i win and i guess once you realize like i'm good enough to win and you put all like you're prepared when you go to the tournament um why can't you win i don't know i just guess my mental switch kind of just flipped there um but also just kind of address some big weaknesses like i mentioned before like the cut with the driver that was a big deal um my wedge game i worked a ton on that I used to just hit every wedge and it would spin so much. It was so hard to get to back pins unless I landed it like 10 feet past the pin or like in the fringe. Yeah. So like hitting something with less spin and kind of like floating it back there rather than ripping it back 20 feet. I mean, just being smarter. And then, yeah, just well, putting, obviously I've worked a lot on my putting. Um, definitely, definitely helping out. But I, I think the most major thing is just the mental aspect of it, for sure. Okay. So uh, I wanted to ask me, like, I know that you're in good shape. Uh, is that a choice to be shredded like uh, Brooks Kapka? Or, I mean, are you working out and eating healthy to help your game or just kind of a lifestyle thing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not in that great <laughs> shape right now. I had a had a bit of a rough winter. Um usually get back in the gym like full time like pretty hard like right after the golf season ends and I think it was like November 20th by the time I got in there because I was like oh I'm going to Cuba in a month and I'm pretty sloppy <laughs> right now <laughs> so I figured that was a good idea but I've been been working out lots since then and yeah I don't know getting back into shape I guess you could say I'm gonna start riding a bike and swimming down a bit but it's definitely a bit of bit of uh lifestyle not wanting to be a fat mess and uh <laughs> it definitely helps the golf game though especially just having a strong core and strong legs i i think really helps my golf swing for sure Alrighty, uh off to the segment now questions from the gallery this is sponsored by timberstone distribution first question from tyler wright what is the most 
controversial ruling on the golf course that directly impacted your outcome in a tournament? <laughs> I knew that was coming. I just didn't know who it was coming from. He did uh, via text me. He said, I'm sure he'll know. <laughs> Were you... I feel like you might have been in the group behind or like two groups behind. No? In Estevan? Oh, God. I'm trying to think now. Here, you explain I, it because I have no idea right now. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you might have been there. But anyways, the story... I'm not going to name drop this one again because this guy might find me and I don't know. He might be a lot bigger than me now. I haven't seen him in five <laughs> years. He might beat me up or something. <laughs> <laughs> but we were playing hole number three in Esteban, and this would have been, I think it was the third round of the Saskatchewan that year, and I was on a tree route, about 110, and this is that hole that goes, like, way up the hill. Yeah, yeah. Like, plastic green, and I was right on a tree route, but I had a branch, like, kind of hanging over, too, so I had to keep it low. Which oh, you lost the ball. Sorry. Right? <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah, you did. Okay, go on. I'm sure you were in that group behind. But anyway, <laughs> so I hit this thing. I hit this ball, and it, like, goes sailing over the green because I hit it off a root, and I bladed it pretty much. So I hit it over, and as soon as I hit it, this guy – well, it's going to be so hard not to name drop here. But this guy, he he's like, that's out of bounds. Like, you better hit another one. And I'm like, no, man, that's not out of bounds. And I'm already walking with my clogs. So I'm like, whatever. Like, I, I can see the fence. My ball is way left of the fence. Like, I'm going to find it. There's some fescue, but it's really not that big of a deal. So we go up there, and we find my ball, and it's like – six or seven feet from the fence, like the OB fence. Yeah. But there's like there's like the rough line and the fescue line. And he's tell he's trying to tell me that the that the fescue line has white paint on it and that it was out of bounds. Like anything over that in the fescue is out of bounds. And I think yeah, I was playing with Tyler and this guy it must have just been threesome, so this must have been just the three of us here. And so we argue, him and him and me were arguing, arguing, arguing. And I'm like, okay, like, this isn't going to go anywhere. He won't let me hit my ball. Tyler agrees with me that it's not out of bounds, that this guy just will not let it go. So we call a rules official over, and she comes, and she's like, well, this guy went and got the rules official, and they came back together. So obviously he's already brainwashed this official. <laughs> And she, she comes back, and she doesn't even, like, look at my ball. Like, she can't even see my ball. And she's like, yep, that's out of bounds. And I'm going to try not to swear too much here, but I was like, that is fucking bullshit. Like, that is not out of bounds. And so now I'm arguing with her and this guy. And I'm like, Kyle Mulligan was the, well, he was the president of golf staff at the time, and he was also the pro in Estevan. And I was like, well, whatever. I'm not hitting my ball until Mulligan comes out here. Someone that knows who, what they're talking about comes out here. So I just, like, totally went over this rules official's head. And she's like, no, you need to hit your ball. And I was like, I'm just going to stand in the middle of the green until Mulligan comes out here because I strongly disagree that this is out of bounds. So now, like, we're, we're probably a hole and a half behind, like, probably, like, a full par three and, like, half a par five behind. And there's... The group behind us is standing on the hill, like pretty much on the green, watching this. And as as Mulligan is on his way out there, this guy is yelling in my face, standing right over top of my ball. That's out of bounds. Why can't you just go back and hit another ball? 
So I pushed him down the hill, and, well, from there, yeah. Anyways, he was pretty mad. You pushed and, him? Yeah, so I gave him a bit of a stick arm. Got a little heated. Um, oh, so yeah, my. Mulligan, Mulligan comes out there. He steps, like, steps out of his cart, like, two steps, and he's like, what's the problem? And I was like, they're trying to tell me that this is out of bounds. He's like, that has never been out of bounds. That will never be out of bounds. There's an OB fence right there. So that is the out of bounds. And I'm like, okay, thank you. So I grabbed, grabbed my wedge and I hit my ball out of the fescue. It, like one hop hit the pin, went to like six inches. I just tapped it in with my wedge and just stared this guy down right in the face. It's the best. <laughs> oh my, that is hilarious. <laughs> So that would be what T. Rice is talking about there. Uh, I will be texting you after uh, off the record um, with more information on that story. <laughs> yeah, but you can't. I can't name drop that one either. <laughs> Moving on here uh, from Justin Wood. How do you hit such crispy iron shots of off the middle of the face? And I am uh, wondering that same question. Because <laughs> I'm just way better than Woody. So I guess <laughs> end of the story. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Is that a legit question? It was a legit question. It was the first one this morning. Okay, and was, yeah, that's I'll good. Answer, I'll answer the question like he's like a 10 handicap and actually wants to know the answer. Um, I don't know. I just really... <laughs> what a weird one. Um, <laughs> just kind of just making sure my hands are forward and just the weight's getting through the ball, um, just hitting it with a descending blow. Um, yeah, just focusing on the contact. I mean, hitting balls off the the uh, shitty grass, like the Cook Municipal Range, probably <laughs> helps my ball first contact. So there you go. <laughs> Justin can always text you for information too, I'm sure. <laughs> From uh, Keelan Strelu, who's your favorite caddy? And do you remember the conversation with him on the fourth hole at the Legends on the final day of the 2016 Saskatchewan Amateur? Yeah, I, I do remember that conversation. I don't know. Yeah, favorite caddy. I don't know. They're tough to come by, but the only caddy that I can find usually Keenan. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do remember that very vividly. Um, so that was, yeah, what did he say, 2015? 16 is the Legends. Oh, yeah, 2016 Saskam. So, yeah, final round, I'm, like, not really in contention, but definitely, like, in contention for the last team spot and some quota spots. So I'm still still trucking along and going, and we get to the fourth hole, and I absolutely pipe a tee shot. That dog leg left, par five, water all down the left. And... So we're standing in the fairway, guys are putting out. I'm probably like 240 front left pin. And I don't know if the other guys like laid up or something, but I was definitely the last to hit. And Keenan and I are standing there, and it's probably like a 10, 15 minute wait. So we have 10, 15 minutes to say whatever we want to each other. And about, I'm like addressing the ball, and Keenan goes, just put a good swing on it, just don't hit it left. And I'm like, what? So then I, like, kind of backed off, and I'm, like, laughing. And I was trying to, like, hit this little cut, like, up into the right-to-left wind and just hold it at the middle of the green. So now I'm, like, got this in my head. Don't and double I go cross. And I, I just hit, like, this absolute smother hook, like, 50 yards left into the water. Like, it, it wasn't even close. Like, it was, like, 
it was 50 yards left of the green going left at where it entered the water. Like, it almost missed the water left. It went so left. And I remember I turned around, and I just about threw my three iron at Ian's face. <laughs> but I just, like, I just, like, handed him the club, and we walked all the way up to the green or wherever I was dropping. I didn't say a word. He's, like, asked me what club I wanted. I just ripped out my 60, hit it to, like, eight feet and made par. And I was just like, don't ever fucking say that again. <laughs> 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 That's yeah, awesome. like that's, that's what I want to hear when I'm going to hit a cut with water all down the left. Just double cross, just missile oh. in the water. <laughs> it's so bad. I'm also sorry. I think of that shot every single time I play that hole now, by the way, Keenan. <laughs> I also said just Keelan. Me. That's my bad, too. I'm bad with names, so that's uh, my writing probably, too. So sorry about that there, Keenan. You wrote what? I'm pretty sure I, I wrote Keelan, and, and I, I might have just said that, too, and I knew it was Keelan. That's, or Keenan, sorry. That's my bad. Yeah, Keenan, <laughs> a.k.a. Power. Power. I like it. Power. Weirdest thing you've seen on the golf course? Weirdest thing? <laughs> Actually, that might have been the story you told the first question. <laughs> yeah, that, that was good. I haven't seen too many fights on the course. Um, I don't know if I've seen anything too weird. Nothing that rings a bell, Drew. Okay. Favorite? That's, that's probably the one. Okay. <laughs> Favorite beverage after a round? Oh, I'm a beer guy, so just anything, this is going to be a bad, anything that isn't Great Western, man, that stuff doesn't sit well with me. Molson product. There you go, Dave Stewart. Oh, no free ads. No free ads. <laughs> no free ads. <laughs> uh, <laughs> strongest part of your game and weakest part of your game? Strongest part of the game, probably... I don't know. I'm a pretty good iron player, but I think my wedges are yeah, wedges gross. are the best part of my games. Um, I got to be honest with myself. I used to be a really good putter when I was a junior, but I that's definitely not my strong suit anymore. So definitely something I have to work on frequently to keep it keep it where I want it to be. Ultimate foursome: uh, golfers then celebrities. Golfers. Um... Well, Tiger for sure, Rory because he's my favorite player, and I don't know, maybe like Sevy. I really like Sevy. That's twice now people said in the podcast, I like that. Yeah, and then celebrities, I don't know, good question, Mark Wahlberg for sure, <laughs> seems like a beauty. He always hammers the golf ball uh, too. Just shredded. Does he? Oh, no, I, I'd assume so. Uh, probably Russell Wilson, and we'll go with Claude Giroux. Or he's a beauty on the course. Are you a Philly fan? Yeah, big Philly fan. All right, Danny, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> no <kidding. laughs> um, okay. Last note, uh, maybe before uh, we move on here, uh, you could give a youngster some advice on, I mean, just, you know, getting to the, those stages there. Um, on how to win, you know, Canadian AMs, mid AMs, just uh, giving our youngsters uh, that lesson, uh, just some good advice. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just be, just challenge yourself, like play your buddy for, uh, I don't know, milkshake, chocolate bar, like just something to keep the competitive juices flowing when you're playing a, just a casual round or even just like a chipping and putting contest. 
just something to put a little bit of pressure on. Um, and then I guess as far as like tournaments go, just the preparation is huge and it's not just all preparation as in hitting balls and making sure the short game and putting is tidy, but that definitely is a big piece, but make sure you're there mentally. Like make sure you're, I think lots of young kids now are working out. They're taking care of their nutrition. And I strongly believe that that's, that's a big part to being prepared when you get to a tournament week. Definitely something I'm doing a better job of now. Anyways, for sure. Uh, uh, do you want to touch on uh, anything else, or Danny, before I let you go here? Uh, no, no, I don't think. I think this is good, Drew. Okay, Danny, well, I appreciate you uh, you coming on. Yeah, thanks, Drew. Take, take care. You too, man. There it is, the interview with Danny Klukhart. Uh Really good interview. Um, you know, I wanted to say thanks again to Danny for coming on the show. Uh, you know, we'd have to talk to Danny about, you know, just how he got into the game at such a young age and like most of us do. Um, you know, Danny talks about uh, he wasn't always winning and he's never really sure how he f- you know, figured out how to win, but um, he's definitely figured it out in the last few years. He's ripping it up, so I applaud Danny. And, and again, thank you. Uh, thank him for coming on. I uh, hope you enjoyed the interview. Uh, reminder, we are on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify. Um, like, you know, subscribe. Um, we're also now, or sorry, we're on Twitter, underscore off the hosel, Facebook page, off the hosel, and on Instagram now, new to it, uh, underscore off the hosel. So like, retweet, uh, you know, share, tell everyone, go follow us. And, uh, and I hope you guys are enjoying this so far, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Take care.